Welcome to Best Served Cold, a Bore Millennials podcast, where we drink wine and talk about crime. Presented to you by Tama J and Laura Lees. Hello. Welcome to episode du. On du. Of, um, well, still well, untitled because yeah, we had we a had title. A, we had a name and then we found out that there was another podcast with the name that we'd come up Those with. Those fucks. Those motherfuckers. Um, so, so, back to the drawing board. Yeah, name still pending. Yeah, I like the concept we had. I think we should work around that concept. Yeah, the the I guess we won't talk about it because there's no point, really. Because, like, why? Um, but we're still trying to figure out a name for the show. Um, and when this is uploaded and you're and you are actually listening to it, it will have a name. So this whole discussion really doesn't it's make any sense. It's a moo point. It's a moo point. A what? It's like a cow's opinion. It's moo. It's moo. Uh, we were, we were just watching. Just to quickly touch on um, this video, we were just watching. Our new thing is watching uh, this YouTube series. Architectural channel's called Digest. Architectural Digest. And so good. Oh, uh, there was this pl- uh, house in the Hamptons. I was like, what was it? 39.5 million, yeah. so 40 million. Um, and the dude was just such first world problems. Like, he... It's um, just weird, like, weird flex after weird flex after weird flex. He, he's got the, the, the family kitchen where he said the family spends 70% of their time and all their meals are cooked by external help. And they, the help, have their own kitchen. I can so play as, the exact... No, no, it's fine. But um, so as the help, so as to the help does not intrude on the family kitchen. Like what, how much money do you need where it's just kind of like, yeah. it's not even really racism anymore. It's just like speciesism. Like you're a different species to other people because of your money. I'm like, I, I don't like want, that. I don't want them in my kitchen. I like that. Um... He also had limitations on how big he could build his house, and the yeah, he tried to build it bigger, and the permit holders for the land that he was on wouldn't let him build it any fucking bigger. Fucking hilarious! It's just uh, so strange. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, last week's topics because they were very. Um, I, I I mean, I find them interesting. I hope everybody. Mm. Um, well, I mean, that's why we're doing this. Otherwise, it would be it would be really strange if we didn't. Enjoy what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a bit weird. Um, so this week, uh, we have some different topics and following the sort of theme of different, um, I guess not polarizing, but different sort of, um, topics each individually. Mm. Um, well, we didn't want to make this just murder a serial killer, serial killer Yeah. Um, like in, like as you can read in the, excuse me, I'm burping, we're, we're drinking a lot of wine. Um, as you can probably read in the description right now, we uh, delve into things such as mysteries, um, cults, uh, serial killers, you know, things that were never really explained, anything really that falls under the true crime um, just category, I guess. We don't want to sort of limit ourselves because then we talk about like 10 serial killers and it's like one is mundane and then two, it's like, we have like five of the people to fucking talk about then. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's a lot more than five. Yeah, there's but there's like, like there's about that. like a couple dozen who are interesting. The rest are just like I killed one person, and that's weird to say, but it is true. Mm. There's like interesting serial killers, and there's like the oatmeal killer who killed someone eating their oatmeal. Like it's the, you know it's stupid. Well, uh, yeah, I think there's more than a, a. I think there's like hundreds of them, but yeah. I think it also depends on how... I think any story can be interesting depending on how you tell it. True. And if we're two or three wines in, we can make a pretty yeah, interesting... that's how you make this podcast even better. Yeah, just, just drink an entire bottle of wine before you listen. Yeah. Our, and anything's um, interesting. Our Thursday nights now, due to being in isolation, we've, we've as, as you've probably heard in the last episode, is our recording night. So we've... Um, we get takeout. Yeah. We drink wine. A lot of wine. We talk shit. We talk a lot of shit. Um, so Thursdays is the new Friday, kind of, I guess. Because Thursdays. I've f- always preferred Thursdays to Friday. I hate Thursdays, to be honest. I love so this, Thursdays. This really helps me because I don't like Thursdays. Because for me, my reasoning is, is Friday is like the day that everyone gets excited about because it's the weekend. So for me, Friday goes really slow mm. because I'm excited for for the torture to be over. Yeah. Thursday is like that exciting, oh, it's almost the end of the week, only one more day kind of vibe. I don't know. For me, it's, it's I like to I have like the Thursday. weekend last as long as it can. So then when that when it gets to that point on Friday where it's like, now it's like the weekend, I have nothing to do the next day. It's like, I like to have mm. that maximum amount of time where I can just do nothing. Yeah. I cannot stop yawning. I know. What's wrong it's with bad. You? Yeah. Sorry. It's not good for a fucking podcast. Yeah. When we're talking about like uh, serial killers and mass murder, and you're just going, "Oh, this is fucking boring." Anyway, let's kick on. Should you? Are you going to go first this um, week? Because I went. First yeah, last sure. Week. I'll go first. So, um, <coughs> <coughs> my um <coughs> topic this week is in regards to the Heaven's Gate cult. Um, so they go under different kinds of names, right? Um, most, most, um, notably is just Heaven's Gate. Um, but they're also referred to as the Heaven's Gate away team due to the patches they wore, um, Heaven's Gate cult, you know, things like that. And they actually had a few different, um, names during their life cycle of the actual organization, because um, that's how most cults start, isn't it? They start as like a business or like a rehab center or something. It's it's like generally speaking. Generally speaking, it's like one or two people who believe themselves to be of a higher power, like they're the reincarnation of Christ, or they're a relative, or um, they're a prophet, and then a cult surrounds them. Right. So they okay. start uh, an organization, and then everything sort of stems around them there's always one person there's always a charles manson you know there's always that one key figurehead it's in waco it's in heaven's gate it's in all these different kinds of cults yeah um and i i can't i can't necessarily explain why new pillows there sorry i can't necessarily explain why but i have a weird fascination with this this one heaven's gate um you do actually shameless plug we have a song coming out uh music video coming out on the 9th of may and then the single is coming out on the 13th um 
which is a song that's uh, not necessarily based on this cult. Inspired by. Kind of, no, it kind of just uses imagery from the cult. Um, like the whole VHS thing, the weird ethereal space thing. It's kind of cool. Um, that kind of aspect of it, not the mass suicide thing. Um, wow, I just spoil the ending, Tama. Well, I, th- I feel like most fucking people know about I didn't know about it until you told me about it. What, the mass suicides? Yeah, this whole cult and the mass suicides. Well, that's the whole point of of most of these cults is they all have some sort of end game. Yeah, true. Where they want to kill themselves. Um, Without any further delay, I'll kick into um, just some... Just to start off, I have a bit of an intro just about some general... um, Housekeeping. Facts about them. Housekeeping, I guess. Um, so the cult, um, was formed, like, I think in the seventies, but really became popular in the 1990s, specifically 96 and 97. So it was around for like 30 years before. Yeah. I mean, but it had different kind of names, which I'll get into later, but it had, it was, it was kind of like, it was a different, it was, it was always centered around this one man called, uh, Marshall Applewhite who, um, named himself Doe. That was his alias, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but also, in the cult, um, they had to be given different names to disassociate themselves with their earthly oh, yeah, bodies. That's pretty common in cults, isn't yeah. it? They get new names. So he referred to him, himself as Doe. D-O. Um, so that started in the 70s. Uh, what Doe described to his followers was that Life on Earth is just like uh, it's like a garden to grow your soul, and his um, his cult, his his uh, organization, I should say, um, in his words, uh, could teach them um, how to grow their souls by following his strict regiment. So um, he would monitor everything they would do with their lives. He would monitor everything they watch on TV, every book they would read, everything they would do, everything they would eat. He would have a, a um, have eyes on it and would know exactly what they're doing. So he had a hand in everything that they did. Um, and this was, as he said, his method of um, helping them grow their souls. And realistically, it's kind of like, it's it's literally just him mm. over their shoulders watching everything they do. Just quickly, I don't know if you know this. Do you know if he was called Doe like John Doe, Jane Doe? Was it like a reference to that? No, no? I, I mean there is a there is an explanation to why he calls it, which okay. um, I'll let you get into. I was uh, just curious. It, yeah, it, it um, there is an explanation for it. Um, I'll get into it okay. uh, at some point. I'll let you continue. Um, so. As as he says, uh, once the soul is developed, um, it's time to exit the earthly body. Um, he would describe it as leaving um, leaving this earth as there's nothing really to to live like to live for um, on earth. Life outside of living right now is what life actually is, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and there's a whole bunch of shit with a comet and, uh, a spaceship, which I need to like warm you into it to, to understand it because it's (laughs) fucking bananas. Right. Um, 
And we're also going to be talking about um, a man named uh, Rio D'Angelo, whose real name I have forgotten, but I'm sure I will remember. But his cultist name was Rio D'Angelo. He is a surviving member of the Heaven's Gate cult who, um, who didn't partake in the mass suicide because he felt um, he had, a, had a, a feeling that he was needed on Earth to spread the message of the cult. Okay. So to this day, he still believes in the cult. And um, I think he still, he, they actually, he, him and another member, I believe, uh, run a website that's still dedicated to um, spreading the message of the cult. That's so creepy. Yeah. Okay. So I will be talking about Marshall Applewhite, also known as Doe. Um, just who he is because uh, he is he's kind of the most important factor in this story right like he's the cultist leader he's the person who who started this he's essentially a mass murderer for what he did like he he essentially killed several he's, people he's the bee's knees through yeah story. really um so he was the son of a presbyterian minister and a former soldier um, his Presbyterians the like real crazy one. Yeah, it? like um, the yeah, very uh, like full on one. Yeah, like very like f- kind of strict, scary. I would say is 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 what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, in the as I said in the nineteen seventies, his whole um biblical prophecy extravaganza just began. Um, extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was fired from a, from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas, uh, over an alleged relationship with one of his male students. Um, after this, he met, uh, Bonnie Nettles. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. She is a 44 year old married nurse with an interest in theosophy. That's theosophy. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, and biblical prophecy in, and they met in March, 1972. Um, now I'm going to be saying this word a lot. I'm not too sure how to pronounce it, but it's theosophy. I believe theosophy. Um, if I'm wrong and this is pissing you off because I'm going to say this for like the next hour, I apologize. Um, how do you spell it? T H E O S O P H Y. It's like theosophy. Um, so she was a a believer in theosophy. Um, Nailed it. Theosophy. Oh wow! Oh fuck yeah! There we go. How about that? There we go. Nailed it. I was always I just like to confirm things. Yeah. Um, so so the whole theosophy religion um, was established in the ninth in the nineteenth century in the United States by a Russian immigrant named Helena Blatz. Uh, Blavatsky Uh, and it draws its beliefs primarily from her writings Um, so it tells that um, an uh, basically it's it's an ancient and secretive brotherhood um, of spiritual adepts known as the masters who center around Tibet but are also found across the world um, these masters are uh, believed to have great wisdom, supernatural powers, 
Um, and it's believed that um, theosophists um, who... It, it was believed that they were the ones who initiated the modern theosophical movement through um, their teachings and through Blavatsky. Um, so this it's, it's essentially it's a, it's like a similar concept where it's a it's a it's a form of like Catholicism and Christ, Christianity, but yeah, it's like stretched, organized, organized religion. <clears throat> yeah, but it's stretched to like you know beyond Jesus Christ and God. It's like there are masters who have this almost it's more of like a power. spirituality. Yeah. Um, and very similarly to what we ended up with, um, Theosophy teaches that the purpose of human life is spiritual emancipation and claims that the human soul re- undergoes reincarnation upon bodily death according to the process of karma. So this is something nice. that she believes in and he and, and, um, and, and teaches to Applewhite, um, which... You can sort of see the signs of where the cult ends up when mm. you read back on, onto yeah. this. Um, so, according to his writings, um, they both met at a hospital. Um, he wrote that he feels like he had a, a connection to her and, and and remembers her from something, and oh, like come, a past life or yeah, something. <clears throat> comes to the conclusion that he knew her from past life, and she convinces him that. Um, he had a divine assignment due to this re- revelation. That's such a big, <clears throat> like, jump to make. I know. Be like, mm, I recognize you. A past it must life. have been from my past life. <laughs> like, when we were butterflies, babe, you probably run into her yeah, at the, at the one fucking day. supermarket. Calm down. Um, so together they ponder the life of Saint Francis Assay and um, read works by authors including Helena Blavatsky. And that whole theosophy um, teachings. Um, they had a King James Bible with them. They studied several passages, including uh, Christology. Um, several different just works of a similar style of religion. Um, and so they decided that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies. And they were given a high level mind to other people um okay <clears throat> they wrote in a pamphlet that they described jesus's reincarnation as a texan uh, a thinly veiled reference to doe himself mm. so this is a huge thing because his whole um belief in the heaven's gate cult is that he is a reincarnation of christ and the the followers of the heaven's gate cult all have the same thing to say. They all believe that he is the second coming of Christ. So he went from being a teacher to believing that he was the physical reincarnation of Jesus Christ. He went from being a teacher who fucked his student. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really where all good holy people start. If I was to... The Pope? (laughs) All the cardinals? It's it's kind of fucked up because you look at this and you go, oh, this is so fucking stupid and... Like this guy's a kitty fiddler or whatever, and that's he's... such an inflated sense of um, grandiose. Like, mm. I just can't see because I'm a millennial, 
So I feel like our generation as a whole just assumes that everything we do is shit. We've been <laughs> raised with this. No, but we have. Like, we've been raised with such a strong sense of, like, the imposter syndrome. I assume everything I make is terrible. Yeah. To assume that you are the literal, physical reincarnation of Jesus Christ. It's like, where do I get that confidence from? Yeah. How give can me I, some of that. Give me some of that. You have too much. <laughs> you, you need to pass much. it on. <laughs> If you believe you are Jesus Christ. And it's also not being used in a constructive way either. Yeah. So just like pass it along to us. Like I'm going to kill 30 people along with myself. Like, yeah. And that's because I'm the coming of Christ. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh so together um, they concluded that they were um, the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches and other groups um, to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed that um, they would be killed and then restored to life and in in the view of others, transported onto a spaceship. This is... (laughs) Dramatic pause, dramatic pause. (laughs) This is where... They came up with the... Now you're just mixing things. The UFO too. They're Um, just like... They're like cherry pickers. They're just going into like... They're like, oh, we'll take something from the Bible. But they were realists. They they knew... They knew that no one would believe them. some good science fiction novels we read last week. (laughs) This spaceship event was referred as the demonstration. And it was to prove their claims... Can you just, like, describe my face right now? You are kind of face-palming, but you're pinching your brows instead of face-palming. I didn't mean actually describe my face. (laughs) When you say describe my face, that's what that fucking means. I meant, like, the expression on my face. I don't know what the the expression... That's what what your expression was. Oh, my God. What? (laughs) The fuck do you mean? Oh. Read the sentence. No, I don't read the whole sentence. Read between the lines. Uh, okay. So, obviously, everyone thinks this is fucking bananas, including yeah. the church. As you would. And they're dis- distraught that no one believes them. Um, <clears throat> so, eventually they're running out of ways to prove this to people or to, to people to, to essentially prove this to and a way to make this whole thing fruitful. So they decide it's time to contact the extraterrestrials that they sought like-minded followers. So they published uh, advertisements for meetings um, where they recruited disciples who they called the crew. Uh, at various events, they um, they would re- they would represent beings from other other planets, um, another planet. Sorry, called the next level. Um, That's like so gangster sounding. For yeah, what is the most white thing I've ever heard. So they thought that those who agreed to take part in the experiment um, would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. So these 
um, next level demonstrations. Um, so, uh, in 1975, during a group meeting with over 80 people, um, a person called um, Joan Culpepper's Studio Studio City Home, they shared a simultaneous revelation that they had been told there that they were the two witnesses written in the Bible story of the end time. This is where things started to get real, like, end time apocalypse, we need to fucking leave now, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and then later on in that year, the crew assembled at a hotel in Waldport, Oregon, um, after selling all worldly possessions and saying farewell to their loved ones, the group vanishes from the hotel and are never seen again. So Wait, they just disappear. Just vanished over, I believe, 80 people. I thought they committed suicide. This is, a, this is um, 1975. In oh. 1997 was the Heaven's Gate call. This is still... This is pre... Oh, Heaven's okay. Gate. We're still in the seventies, so They're they just the disappeared. 70s. They just disappeared. Um, on CBS Evening News that night, Walter Cronkite reported. Oh, oh, Cronkite. Also, that is a very difficult name because. Oh no, sorry. It, I thought it had um. It sounds kind of like Cronkite. Cronkite. I don't want to say that. Yeah. Isn't it Cronkite? Yeah, it's Cronkite. Um, he reported that the group had disappeared in one of the very first national reports of the developing religious group. A score of persons has disappeared. Um, a score of persons, score of persons has disappeared. In a myst- uh, it's a mystery Shaking whether they've jowls. been taken onto so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. So no one knows if they passed on or mm. they just simply disappeared. So have they still not been found to this day? There's no That's sightings so spooky. Um, so this is what was reported, right? In reality, Applewhite, who we now know as Doe, mm-hmm. and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. Mm-hmm. From that point on, Doe and as she was referred to as T, mm-hmm. um, as the two now call themselves, led the nearly 100-member crew across the country, slipping in tents, bags, and begging in the streets. Sounds like so much fun. Evading detection by the authorities um, and media um, enabled the group to focus on Doe and T's words of them being a higher evolutionary level mm-hmm. above humans. Um, so they used a, they used a various uh, array of aliases over the years, notably Bo and Peep and Doe and T. So Doe and T ended up being the main names they used. Um, so nearly 100 people just, they led through mm. tunnels, never to be seen again. Um, wow. So the group had a variety of names prior to the the name that is referred to as Heaven's Gate, right? Um, during this time, I believe it was called the Human Individual Metamorphosis, which is like sounds like a real fucking crazy prog metal band or an mm. album. Um, 
so we'll skip it a bit further. Um, they start to talk about what is referred to as bodily vehicles. So they would describe their human bodies as vehicles. And when they would pass on to the next life, um, they would be leaving their vehicles um, on earth. On earth. Yeah. Um, so they didn't even really, they didn't even revere them. Like they they didn't even feel that their, their bodies and their consciousness were necessary or really a thing. Mm. Like their human bodies on earth were just a vehicle of transportation and living. And when the time came, they would be able to pass on, um, into their real lives. Um, <clears throat> so throughout the seventies and eighties, um, their belief system developed around a cult of personalities. Um, membership grew, uh, at some point it was called Sheilaism. <laughs> um, jumping Sounds like forward <clears throat> from like the Outback Australia. It does actually, doesn't it? Sheilaism. Um, many of their crew div- like were from diverse backgrounds, um, some trying to define themselves through spiritual means, um, combining different faiths, uh, different cultures. Um, many of the same researchers note that not all of his crew were far left hippies or different people with alternative religious backgrounds. In, in fact, um, one of the recruits was a man named John Craig, who was a respected Republican running for the Colorado House of Representatives around the time of 1975. So this isn't just like a bunch of random fucking nobodies, like hitchhiking on the side of the road. These are real normal fucking people being recruited. Um, It wasn't until the death of T, or Nettles, her real name, in 1985... Um, and Applewhite's subsequent revision of the group's doctrines that the crew gained an eventual reputation as the cyber culture, form of religious uh, reform. So she passes on and T is confused because he saw him and her as these like these prophets of a sort. Yeah, so he didn't think she could die. No. Uh, So then it kind of evolves into um, what was then developed into the Heaven's Gate cult. He kind of like leads the whole thing onto himself. Um, In 1996, later on, many many years later, um, members of her clan, T's clan, um, began renting a large home, which they called the monastery, which is a huge mansion in um, in San Santa Fe, I believe. Uh, yeah, Santa Fe in California. Um, they paid seven thousand dollars per month in cash. Um, and then the same month, the group purchased an alien induction abduction insurance that would cover up to fifty members and would pay out one million dollars per person. Should they be abducted by aliens? How is that even a thing? No idea. I'm sure any insurance company would be like, "Yeah, give me, give me your money." How do? 
No I idea. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. This. No idea. Okay, so this is where things really get fucking crazy. So on March 19, 20th, it's unclear, uh, 1997, Marshall Applewhite, also known as Doe, tapes himself in a tape called Doe's Final Exit. Um, speaking of mass suicide and the only way to evacuate this earth. <clears throat> After um, asserting everyone that uh, a spacecraft was trailing this comet, in, that was a very famous comet in the 1997, um, Comet Hale Pop, Bop, mm-hmm. um, he refers to this comet as a sign that it's time to move on. Right. So when people are recruited to the cult, he tells them, um, if you see a sign, you, you can enter the cult, mm. you can uh, join the family, whatnot. What, what this comet was a sign of now's the time. Like, we have to move yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's time to rock and roll. Um, he refers to the event as the closure of Heaven's Gate. So this is yeah. sort of around the time where Heaven's yeah. Gate sort of becomes a bit... Um, In preparation to this, um, each member is videotapes their farewells. Um, like to their family. To actually, I think it was right. sent to surviving members oh. of the cult. Um, I would imagine maybe it was sent to their families. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? Oh yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it probably would have been sent to their families. I imagine, but uh, you can imagine how fucking hard, like, and the the tapes were referred to as. Zero remorse or sadness or anything. Mm. Just, it's like, I'm graduating. And they um, probably would have been, like, excited almost. They were. They, it was... If you watch the tapes, um, essentially they all believe that it's a graduation of sorts. They they don um, a black shirt with black pants and Nike Decades or with a, a patch on their black shirts that say um, it was the iconic Heaven's Gate away team patch, the triangle um, baseball style patch. Um, so they treated it all like a like a like a, a graduation. Yeah, they're wearing like a uniform. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. You sip that wine. Uh, my throat's a bit dry. Um, and on. That day, they make a concoction of, um, I believe it was applesauce, pudding, um, vodka, and um, it was a drug called, uh, where where did I write that? Um, It's a very hard drug to say. Phenobarbital, which is um, a barbiturate. That is fatal in large doses. So this mixture, essentially, it's like a punch. Mm. Um, <clears throat> they all take turns and shifts drinking it um, within the mansion, and they find somewhere to lie down. There's like mattresses everywhere. Um, I believe they pulled the purple drapes, the iconic purple drapes, over there. Um, upper torsos and um, they cover up their torsos and their heads and they just never woke up ever again. 
That's so sad. They, I mean, you can imagine like believing that, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be alive in a different form when realistically they're just going to sleep and never waking up ever again. Yeah. 39 people, 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72 died in three separate groups over three um, three successive days um, with the remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's deaths. Cleaning up? Mm. What would there to be clean? What would- I believe they removed their bodies and their bodies were later cremated. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not too sure whether it was them who cremated them. Um, polite of them? Yeah. So there was, it was like a, it was, um, the suicides were groups of 15, 15, and then nine. So the three successions were 15, mm. 15, nine, um, between March 22 and March 26, supposedly. Um, among the dead was a man named Thomas Nichols, who was the brother of Nichelle Nichols, who was best known for her role as Uhara in the original Star Trek series. Um, the leader Applewhite Doe was the third to last member to die. Um, two people remained after him and they were the only ones found with bags over their heads who I believe died from asphyxiation instead of, um, maybe there wasn't enough poison. I believe so. Um, before the last of the suicides, um, FedEx packages were sent to numerous Heaven's Gate affiliates um, or former affiliates in the case of um, Rio D'Angelo, who, um, if you remember me talking, he was a man who left the cult because he believed that his purpose on earth was to spread the message of the cult. Yeah. Um, and at least one media outlet, I believe the BBC department, um, received uh, one of the FedEx packages that contained the tapes of the farewells and um Bo's last tape ever um <clears throat> so uh, yeah again the final days of all this fucking escapade in 1997 D'Angelo who was the former member of the cult receives a tape um with the farewells and Doe's final exit uh he it contains a letter stating amongst other things um and I quote we have exited our vehicles just as we have entered them and from that point, he knew that everyone he ever knew in that cult was just was gone. <clears throat> so all of his friends, um, everyone he knew. Um, That's so sad. And you would think he would he would have some sort of like, you know, resemblance of remorse or some like, oh, I'm sad. Or like snap out of it. He believes that they did the right thing. So he believes that they are now living in a higher... And he's still alive, did you say? He's still alive, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I believe so. So he believes that, like, to this day? To this day. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, he's still alive. Wow. <clears throat> um, I need to show you two. Um, this is an image of what they believe when you pass 
life on Earth. Yeah. And you are transported from, keep in mind, a UFO. Yeah. Uh, to, I believe, a separate planet. You are reincarnated as a different species. This is the species that, this is what you will look okay, like. Okay, I'm going to describe it. <laughs> um, okay, so it's like... <laughs> it's like a human, human-ish face with really, really big eyes that are completely black. <clears throat> A nose that kind of looks like Ralph Fiennes in Harry Potter. <laughs> and then a completely bald, big, like, bulbous head. head. Like they're very... And the, like the colour of Casper the Friendly Ghost. They're very generous with the shape of the head. Like, they, you know, they give themselves fucking humongous brains. Yeah, is that because their brains are so big? Yeah, because they're so smart. Um, Not going to lie, while <coughs> we've been recording this, we have our TV. It's not on, it's just... It's, it's not on, playing it's anything, not playing it's anything. just on. It's just on the YouTube screen. And there is this video of chocolate cake. And <laughs> I just, I want cake so bad right now. So bad. You need help. Side note. Um, that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I knew a little bit about them, but I didn't know all, I didn't know all the UFO stuff. Yeah, it's all um, very heavily based around this whole extraterrestrial thing. Um, Very like Scientology-esque. Yeah, it got sort of cemented with the the comet in 1997. Mm. That was kind of like, I guess, the def- like the, the nail in the coffin with that yeah. whole theory. Um, so just to wrap up my whole thing about the Heaven's Gate cult, um, D'Angelo receives this tape and the letter Um and gives an anonymous tip to the San Diego County Sheriff's Department um, at 3.15pm on March 26, suggesting that they uh, check out the mansion where they all committed suicide. Oh, it was too um, late at that stage, was it? He, well, he, um, he uh, actually went to the mansion before he did so. Um, and just to see if they actually did it. And sure enough, he walks in there and the, everyone's bodies are lying down. Under, he's calling out names and mm. checking everyone. They're all dead. And he could, he said he could tell by the smell that yeah. everybody was dead. Um, oh, that's so gross. Once he left the mansion, so he decided creepy. to give an, anon- an anonymous tip to the sheriff department to tell them that these people are fucking dead within a huge mansion. Wow. Um, supposedly, the mansion was paid for by uh, an internet building service that the um, the the group took a part of. Huh. It's called like that's I think it was so a like higher purpose, I believe. That's um, so strange. That's how they paid <laughs> for everything to do with the cult. Cults always have like weird <clears throat> affiliations. Yeah, like a weird side business. Mm. Like I they mean, believe they're gonna make money somehow. Yeah, they believe in a higher purpose and that they're better than everyone else. But still, people need websites. Mm-hmm. Squarespace. Yeah, fuck, huge business. Maybe Squarespace is a cult. Squarespace is a cult. Yeah, they are a cult. They're getting to all the fucking people like binging with Babish and. Mm. They, they're getting cult. to the popular people to. To join. They're going to start trying to make us drink the Kool-Aid. Mm. 
Oh, here's the fat little cat coming to join. Yeah. Hey, Pi, want to join the podcast? Um, but yeah, that was my uh, kind of, I guess, the early insight to what led to the Heaven's Gate cult. There was a lot of steps along the way. Yeah, I enjoyed a that. A lot of well milestones. Done. Good story. Um, I mean, it's kind of interesting when you learn about these these like groups and cults like the Manson family and Waco and all that and like what leads them to the point that they get to. Yeah. And it's literally just it's when you when you um when you learn about the people who join the cults, they're people who are A easily to easily to manipulate mm. and B people who want something different with their lives. Yeah. Um, like nearly all the people that you watch the tapes of, they're all people like, um, it's a godsend, you know, finally something right happening in life. Like even D'Angelo himself joined after being divorced and being distraught from Yeah, the they're all like broken life. people looking <clears throat> for something to do. Exactly. And that's how you get these people yeah, into the system. Yeah, that's why it's system. so messed up. Um, <clears throat> even um, even uh, uh, Doe himself was somewhat of a distraught man and, mm. and found these answers through, oh, I am the second coming of Christ. Yeah. So this is why I'm going through all this. I'm and, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's the same thing with each and every kind of cult and organization like this is you notice that whole draw that they get to these, like, these second coming of Christ figure people is that they're powerless people. Yeah. Really nothing going for them. And no sense of control of their their life on earth. Yeah, it so gives they get them, sucked into these systems. It gives them. I think that's a, a huge reason why so many people like religion or cults in general. Yeah, it gives you a gives you a purpose and it gives you an answer to questions that you can't normally possibly answer. Obviously, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but I find a lot of similarities between cults like this and just modern day religion. Um, in the sense that people try to find answers for things they can't possibly answer. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's the reason why religion was sort of popularized in the first place was it was an answer. It was an answer to the questions that no one really knew how to answer. Yeah, hundred percent. You know how 100%. does how do mushrooms grow out of the ground after? How does the sky become light yeah. during the day and dark? Yeah, hundred percent. How does water fall from the yeah, sky? Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. All right. Well, I've gone on for long enough. Is it my turn? It is your turn. How long have we been going for? Uh, I'd say maybe like an hour. Okay. I believe. Gonna be a long one, people. Buckle in. Um, well, my story is a little bit of a bummer. We're all here for it. I mean, they're all going to be a bit of a bummer, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to tell my story and then I'm going to end with a little bit of trivia. And if you can guess my trivia question, I'm going to give you so much money because you're never going to guess it. Me individually or just the listener? Well, no, you individually because the listener can Google things. So you're not allowed to, if I say you pick your phone up. So I I have to guess what? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. At the end of the... (coughs) At the end of the session. Okay, at the end of the session. So today I'm going to be talking about Robert Hansen, which... Was a serial killer when I started reading about him. I thought I had never heard of him. And then as I started reading more, I realized that mm, I have listened to a podcast yeah. about him before. Kind of his um, his feats are more popular than which he Which was like a little bit of a bummer. 
realizing that I did know about it, but it's it's fine. I had fun researching it anyway. So I'm going to be talking about Robert Hansen or the Butcher Baker. Ooh. Mm. So Bobby, I'm going to I'm going to call Bobby him Bobby Boy. Bobby Boy. He was born. Bobby in the Butcher Baker. <laughs> try, try saying that five times fast. Bobby the Butcher Baker. <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> Bobby the Butcher Baker. Well, that's pretty good. Bobby the Butcher Baker. Um, I'm a rapper. So he was man. born in 1939. <clears throat> so we're going a little bit back in time as well. Um, so like many of our friends that we talk about in this podcast, he had a pretty horrible childhood. Yeah. <clears throat> his dad was an asshole. Um, he showed his son little to no affection, yet Hansen actually still idolized his dad and planned to follow oh. his career as a baker. Oh. Um, so as a child, um, Bobby had a debilitating stutter. He was skinny and he was riddled with facial acne. Because of this, he was very self-isolated and mm. obviously the ladies were not a huge fan of his. Oh, yeah. Um, in his childhood, big game hunting became his solace because obviously it's a solo sport. It's out in the open, big wide spaces. He doesn't have to mm. <clears throat> deal with people. And also it gives you a, a huge sense of power and control. Yeah, it's a good escape for someone had. like that. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Um, he finished high school with no issues, enrolled in the army, and then served one year before being discharged. That's amazing because it's another thing that we see in like similarities Lots between of army people. yeah, like yeah. it's not just the the like um, disconnection with like your mother or your father or like you know troubling uh, childhoods or head injuries as we discussed last yeah. episode. It's the army. I think it's a rage thing. Like these men have this rage that they're trying to find somewhere to put it yeah but it's always post all those things like troubling childhood army and head trauma yeah that they head turn. trauma is the one i find the most interesting yeah um Fascinating. Uh, so in 1960 at age 21 he um, marries for the first time but then shortly after he's sent to jail for three years for burning down a sc- uh, school bus garage oh okay um, he's sent to prison and diagnosed with multiple mental health conditions, including bipolar and schizophrenia. Oh, yeah. Um, he revealed to the psychiatrist while he was in jail that the reason he torched the garage was he um, had sought to take revenge in some way on the school he went to. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... Yeah. He yeah, also revealed hasn't. while he was in there that he often imagined doing vicious things to the girls who had rejected him uh, in school. Okay. Yeah. So he's sentenced to three years, but he only ends up serving 20 months. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? What? Yeah. How does that work? And he was released in 1962 when he marries again and they have two children together. It's it's fascinating that this guy wants to take resent- revenge on high school for the women that rejected him, yet he's marrying with little to no resistance. Yeah, well, I guess these women are liking him, the yeah. ones that didn't like him that he had the problem with. Um, so in 67, so five years after he's released from jail and marries his woman, him, 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 him. him and his family um, moved to, they make a big move to Alaska. Oh, Alaska. And for him, Alaska was a dream come true because it's isolated, it's quiet, mm. and lots of hunting opportunities. Yeah, it's a good place to get away from the FBI. Mm. He also fulfilled his dream to become a baker, opening his own bakery. Bake, oh my God, I can't talk tonight. Bake, 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 bake. Opening his own bakery <coughs> while his wife, Dala, became a teacher. Dala. 
Hansen was mentioned as being quiet and reserved, but very friendly. And they were actually really respected members of the town community, both him and his family. Their business was really successful. And when he wasn't working, he spent his time hunting. He was amazing at it and respected by all the other hunters and actually broke a bunch of hunting records. Mm. Um, Despite life being roses. Roses? I can't talk. A bed of roses? A bed of roses. A bed of roses. I meant to say roses, but despite being roses. um, So Hanson couldn't let go of little Betty White. That's what I imagine she's called. Who made fun of him at school? Ah, uh, okay. I don't actually know what her Little name Betty is. White. That's just I, I imagine if it was she's actual Betty White. White. Betty White's um, corners to and he would often off. fantasize about taking revenge out on the girls who rejected him. Mm. Um. So, side note: Again, in the nineteen seventies, Alaska was going through a huge economic boom because of the transatlantic pipeline, which mm. had just been installed. It bought heaps of workers, so like oil workers, and then obviously the town needed more stores and stuff, and then. Where there's people and workers, there's, of course, sex, drugs, rock and roll, (laughs) and lots of sex workers come to town. Nice. So, in 1971, sex workers started disappearing from 4th Avenue, which was home to all the seedy bars and strip clubs and where the sex workers would normally walk up and down. That was their their, their territory. In 1971, Robert Hansen unsuccessfully tries to kidnap an 18-year-old Susie Heppard. 18. Yeah, by wow. approaching her with a approaching her at gunpoint and saying shut up sweetheart or I'll blow your head off. Um so she starts screaming and then her housemate hears her screaming and calls the police. So he's caught and charged with assault with a deadly weapon but not kept in prison. So he's not remanded. He's let go. Just days later, he abducts a topless dancer who I could not find the name of in any of the articles, which I thought was really sad. Maybe there's no record of it. Maybe. He takes her to a cabin in Kenai Peninsula where he rapes her. Then on the way back to Anchorage, which is where he lives, so Anchorage in Alaska, mm-hmm. he stops the car, points the gun at her and tells her to get out and run. She refuses to and begs him not to kill her, which he eventually relents to and actually lets her go, which was another big thing that he did. He let a lot of his victims go, which is weird. Wow. He wrote down all her family names, phone numbers and addresses and told her to not tell anyone or he'd kill them all. She doesn't say anything until Christmas Day when the news reports a college freshman is found dead in a ravine near where he'd taken her to rape her. Right. So she decides she can't stay silent anymore because she thinks it's him that's done this. Um, reports and identifies Hanson to the police. He's arrested and finally charged on top of the initial charge for ki- trying to kidnap the other woman. So they've now got enough to actually put him in prison. So what are they charging with the second time with murder? Kidnapping and rape. Oh, okay. Um, but because the dancer does what she does and because she takes recreational drugs... Her credibility is ripped right. to shreds on the stand in trial. Hanson, being an upstanding member of the community, also has his well-to-do friends plead for his sake. Oh, my God. So Hanson only serves five years for assaulting Susie Shepherd and none for assaulting the topless dancer. <laughs> but having been in the prison system before and understanding how it works, he actually manipulates the parole board and only serves three months for five year sentence for a five year sentence wow um so specific dates of the murders aren't really available but basically there's a 
big 12-year period between 1971 and 1983 where he's murdered at least 17 women that they've managed to find and identify. Fuck. But it's... There's possibly more. Well, he's murdered at least 17, but he's raped about 30 on top Jesus. of that. Jesus. Yeah. So most murders occur in the second, like the later period of that 12-year period. As a lot of women, he would kidnap, rape, and then release. Mm. Again, writing down their families details and scaring the girls into not telling anyone. Yeah. So in 1976, he's arrested again after stealing a chainsaw <laughs> from a hardware store. What's fucked up is for stealing the chainsaw. I can't chainsaw. speak. Chainsaw. For stealing the chainsaw, he's also sentenced to five years in jail. So in terms of the Alaskan what the fuck is going on <laughs> prison you, system, Alaska? they think attempting to kidnap someone and stealing a chainsaw. Yeah. Deserves the same prison Um, Despite being arrested twice since he's moved to Anchorage, he's still seen as an upstanding member of the community and the, quote, friendly neighborhood banker. God. So he only serves 16 months of that second. You can imagine these people when all the shit goes down, he's... How do you not have your suspicions? How the fuck were we so wrong? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that 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 becomes a big part of it later in the story. Mm. So, in 1982, after he's released from prison the second time, his business is booming and doing really well. So he's got some um, cash saved up. So he purchases a two-person plane and gets his plane license, mm. pilot license. That's the word. His plane license. Plane license. Um, this plane he uses to fly the women he used to kidnap to his cabin in the Nick River area. Um, before doing that, he would generally take his victims to their old house on the opposite side of town where he kept his guns, animal trophies and souvenirs from previous victims locked in the basement. Creepy. Super creepy. There's oh. photos of the basement online and it's just like this weird brick cellar with what, like... What's his name again? Robert Hansen. This weird brick cellar with like animal heads all over the yeah. wall. It's really creepy. Whoa. Yeah, it's super creepy. That is terrifying. Yeah. Um, so in this house is where he would tie them up, rape them for several hours, uh. then force them into his plane where he'd fly them to Nick River. There he'd blindfold them and let them go in the wilderness, hunting them around the forest before eventually shooting them, burying them, taking a trophy, and marking on his aviation map where he'd buried them. Christ. This is the thing I found really, like, interesting and creepy about him, that Mm. he'd, like, let them go and hunt them for sport. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is where it gets better because he gets caught. So in 1983, Hanson kidnapped 17-year-old Cindy Paulson. She's a prostitute. He offers her $200 for her services. Um, Sydney, Cindy has quoted the man as being thin, having acne scars and a stutter and saw nothing threatening about him, as you would, because he's the fucking friendly neighborhood baker. Um. However, as she got in the door and she, oh my God, I can't speak. <laughs> as she got in the car and closed the door, Hanson slips handcuffs on her wrists and points a gun at her head. He then takes her to the house in Old Harbour, 
rapes her for several hours, then ties her to a wooden post by a chain around her neck, and he falls asleep. Next morning, he had planned to fly her out in his plane and do his normal shittery. Of course. Um, so in the morning, he takes her in his car to the air strip where his plane was, and then he leaves her handcuffed in the back seat while he goes to get the do plane things. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to fly a plane. Mm. I'm assuming you have to set stuff up before you can fly it. I yeah, don't know. of course. So seeing her her opportunity because he's distracted and has her has his back to her while she's in the car and she's handcuffed at the front, which is important because mm. I don't think she would have been able to do it if she was handcuffed from the back. So she crawls into the driver's seat, opens the door on the opposite side that he is and like legs it. Hansen doesn't notice that she's out of the car until it's too late. He tries to pursue her, but um, wearing only a shirt and underwear, she makes it to the road and flags down a trucker. The man, Richard Yount, Yount? I don't want to say his name wrong because he's a, he's a solid dude. Richard Yount. Y-O-U-N-T. Yount? Yount. It's Yount, yeah. I'd say Richard Yount. Yount um, drive Cindy to an inn, and despite her begging him not to, he reports it to the police. Um, the police go to the inn, remove Cindy's handcuffs. Um, she then tells them everything, identifies the type of plane, and describes the room that she was kept in. They find the plane, and of course, it's registered to Robert Hansen. Mm. And this is where it like gets a little bit fucked up. So... Having identified Hansen, he's then implicated in many of the missing or murdered women in the area. Although Hansen denies everything, and he also gets well-to-do people from town to say that they had seen him or been with him on the day Jesus. of Cindy's kidnap and assault. So it then becomes a he said, she said against a well-known, a well-known townsman and a teenage sex worker. Mm. And initially, all the charges are dropped. Fuck. No. Yeah. So shortly after another body's found, our good mate, John Douglas from Mindhunter, the real, real dude. Oh, the real dude. Yeah. Oh, no way. He gets brought in by the head sheriff of the town. Oh, sick. Um, I love this dude. He gives a profile without knowing Robert Hansen, mind you. He gives a profile saying the killer would have facial features, which he was possibly embarrassed of. She's acne scars. Possibly a speech impediment and would have had bad experiences with women in the past. And he had to be a skilled hunter, keeping trophies from both animals and victims. And in order to reach remote areas where bodies were found, he would have had to have a plane. Fuck you. That yeah. guy is awesome. Yeah. Holy so shit. So this information from John Douglas combined the with evidence. The, Cindy's um, statement, statement, the girl yeah. that got away. Yeah, yeah. They finally have enough evidence to get a warrant to search Robert Hansen's place. They find trophies of both animals and his victims, like mm -hmm. John Douglas said they would be. They find his aviation map with all the X's marked on it where he buried his bodies. They also find a rifle in his, hidden in his attic with shell casings matching those found near the bodies. Of course, yeah. So when questioned further... Um, Robert's community friends who'd previously lied and given an, him an alibi admit that they've made it all up. Right. So once this all starts to fall into place, Robert Hansen is questioned again and he 
collapses under pressure and confesses to the murder of 17 women. But the map that he has has at least 24 X's on it. So they think it's more than that. But he's never admitted. Uh, he admitted to 17 and they found 12 bodies. Right. Yeah. And there's over 20 X's. Yeah. So the good news, Hansen was sentenced to 476 years in prison. <laughs> and third time lucky... He didn't manage to get out this time, and Jesus. in 2014, he died in prison. Fuck. Yeah. Again, it's like the the LaPlante story where it's like the system failed. To completely failed. Completely failing. Because, and that was part of his thing, was he knew that he never really targeted, like, well-to-do people in town. It was yeah. always, like, exotic dancers no or sex workers. No one would give a shit about them. Because, yeah, no one gave a shit. No one noticed when they went missing. And if, like in Cindy's case, if they did manage to escape, no one believed them. Which is fucked up because, like, you can say no one gives a shit about what happens to them, but they're still human beings. Yeah, they're still people. And they were all young. Because we want to avoid this happening. They were all, like, between 17 and, like, 25. Which matches the whole thing that john douglas said is that he wants to get revenge on people from high school so yeah. he's taking revenge on people who he would, he would imagine are of the age of being in high school yeah um so Fuck, man this is where my fun fact and your trivia comes in okay there is a movie called frozen ground about this man mm-hmm. robert cusack plays robert hansen mm-hmm. nicholas cage plays the main sheriff Mm-hmm. Me. And Cindy Paulson, the sex worker who got away, I will give you a million dollars if you can guess who plays her. Because you'll never guess it. Really? Because it's just why the would weirdest thing. It? When I read it, I was like, what the fuck? Um, what does Cindy look like? Um, I don't know. I didn't actually look at her. Photo of her, Does she look now. like the actor? If you if look it up, because is it one of those cases where they just get like a kind of actor just to play the the girl, or is it like someone who genuinely um, looks like her? She has like no, she looks nothing like the actress. <laughs> when was the movie made? Two thousand thirteen. Ah. Oh, tough. And, I, and it's just so bizarre. It's just... It makes it's no sense. It's so strange. Um, just take a wild guess, because you're not going to get it. Do you just want me to show you? Uh, Cameron Diaz. No. So this is Cindy Paulson in the movie. Right. Like, the last person you would expect, for everyone listening, it's Vanessa Hudgens. What? Like, Vanessa Hudgens plays an exotic dancer. You know what's gets funny is I almost said Demi Lovato. Oh, yeah. It's not too far off. <laughs> what the fuck? So strange. Like, you read Robert Cusack, Nicolas Cage, Vanessa Hudgens. She looks like a Russian prostitute as well. Yeah. But Robert Hansen, like, to give you some perspective, he just looks like... A regular baker dude. Regular dude. Like, he's kind of skinny. You can he's tell the, he's, he's got some... He's the kind some... of guy who would come to fix your plumbing if you had an issue. 
with not even that like he's the guy that is the dad of your best friends like he just looks so nothing regular so regular it's a ted bundy thing but even ted bundy was like attractive like robert hansen just is nothing like he just looks like any dude it's kind of crazy how some people take um these like things that happen to them as, as as kids um, mm. and like on top of other experiences they have such as like trauma um, and things they have they experience growing up they take these life experiences like girls making fun of them and then they develop it into this unhealthy murdering habit not even like, murdering habit just yeah, like, torture it's, it's kind of crazy and inflicting like, in, like a being a sadist really and then other people would, would just take it and be like oh I need to better myself mm. I need to lose weight or I need to do this. It's fucking crazy. Yep. So that's Robert Hansen. My God. Stand up, dude. I just, I think that's so, like, there's, not that it makes it any better or any worse, but I feel like there's one, it's one thing to strangle someone or shoot them. It's another thing to to let them go. Mm. Because can you imagine as that, the girls as well, like you'd have that, Hope. Do you think he let them go just for the sensation of tormenting them for the rest of their lives? I think it was the hunt for him. Oh, oh you, you mean the ones that... That he actually legitimately let go. Well, the, in the article I was reading, um, it said that he thought that he was genuinely too afraid to kill them. Oh, okay. Which is possibly why, like, I'm just taking a stab in the dark. The ones that he did kill... It was much more of a, I'm going to shoot you from a distance, from a distance. like an animal. Yeah, because when you think about it, there's it's like with the, with the um, the son of Sam killings I was talking about last time, where um, he goes from shooting people in the passenger side of a car, kind of from a distance outside of a car. It's kind of different, like you know, you, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. You're not mm. looking at what you're shooting at; you're just yeah. killing someone. And then he goes from that to killing someone point blank with the yeah. revolver. It's 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 messed up. When you think about it, it's it's not to justify it at all, but it's like two different things. Yeah, you know, there's like it's like um, it's like viewing like a going to a zoo and viewing like a tiger from afar, and then getting up close to one and feeding it. It's two different sensations. Yeah, completely different. So I'm sure that that's why he did what he did because he was scared of actually the, the the act of killing, which is bizarre because he he raped them. Mm. Well, that was definitely a, a taking back his yeah. quote power thing from high school. Yeah, which is weird too because he could have just paid them to have sex with them. Yeah, but then it's like they're still winning. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Fucking heavy. I'm not a psychologist. It is a little bit, isn't it? Very heavy. Wow. Yeah, and that's the the butcher baker. I don't really get the name. He didn't really butcher anyone, but you know, it sounds cool. Yeah, it's kind of a dumb name to be honest. Like the, the butcher baker, the hunter baker, or just the baker. Yeah. You know, like, the baker. Yeah, he is the baker. When I think of butcher baker. It's just like it's like a it's like a a last name of 
Well, when I think isn't. butcher baker, I think the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't relate to the killings no. <laughs> at all. It's it to me. It's like a last name that a that a woman didn't want to didn't want to ki- have just her <laughs> husband's name. She wanted butcher and baker. Yeah, it's got to be hyphenated. Butcher baker. Not taking his name. Butcher it's baker. Got to be hyphenated. Yeah. Um, should we end this on something on a positive funny? note? Funny. Is there anything positive that has happened or anything? I mean, there's plenty of positive things that have happened. We're healthy. We're here. It's sounding like Australia is possibly going to start slowly lifting some restrictions soon. Yeah, it seems like the cases have dropped dramatically. So we've kicked ass at this quarantine thing, apparently. Yeah, I mean... Who knew Australians are lazy as fuck and like to stay home? It's probably not a good, probably not a good thing because we want to get another episode of the Born Millennials podcast done soon. But... I haven't been reading the news that much. Mm. It's so depressing. But also, there's nothing else to read. Yes, yeah, like it's just another. Well, for a time being, it was just like a new two more cases of the coronavirus have been identified. Yeah, three more cases. An entire fucking cruise ship of people have coronavirus. Like, fuck, yeah. shut up! <laughs> I need to fucking detox from this shit. Yeah, no, it's a bit much. It'll be nice when life can. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's like it's it's died down a bit to the point. Like I think like I've gotten one in the past two weeks of mm. like an article being like this has been a new death and it's someone who already had it. Apparently, yeah, yeah. No, I think we've managed to keep our deaths under a hundred, which is awesome. Yeah, which is like zero would be optimal, of course. Well, of course, but I think everyone knew it. It wasn't going to be something when no one died, yeah. sadly. But um, yeah, thank you so much to our health care people. If you're listening to this. Goddamn superheroes. You wanted to escape from COVID-19, the horrors of that, by listening to the horrors of <laughs> Robert Hansen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you guys are doing a bang up fucking job and thank you for keeping everyone mm, safe and healthy. Yeah. Everyone should buy these people beers when they when it's all over. Yes. We'll start a GoFundMe for beers for healthcare yeah, workers. Yeah, beer funds for healthcare workers. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I don't have anything else to talk about. I feel like this was our weak point in the last episode as well. Neither of us really know how to like wrap it up. Yeah, I guess wrap I'm just, I, I can plug. I think we've probably, we've been going for like two hours. I think we should probably All right. well, take a chill pill. Uh, like I said, April 9, check out... <laughs> Um, You're going for the plug anyway? I'm going for the plug anyway. April 9th, check out um, Juno uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can find us on Instagram at juno.exe um, and then just type in Juno on Facebook for our band's profile. Uh, we'll be posting uh, a music video on the 9th and then on the 13th, we have a single coming out. That'll be on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and all that. Um, and yeah, please check that out because I hate my fucking job and I want to become a professional musician and I'd be fucking sick. So make it happen, bitches. All right. Well, that was another episode of the yet to be named yeah, True Crime Podcast. The unnamed podcast. Um. Yeah. Cool. 
we'll uh we'll catch you next week catch you next time take it easy mofos bye bye bye